0: post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care The Ronan stag ends up being a lot more fun than I expected it to be, although it might take months for my accent to return to normal. Even Surika says it to me on the phone. She's like, you sound very, and don't take this the wrong way, Ross, but very Dublin. I'm there. I've just spent three nights in the company of Ronan and 27 of what he calls his closest associates. I'm not surprised. When you come home, she goes, maybe you could try talking to Honor and the boys in short sentences so as not to frighten them, just until your accent settles down again. Ronan shouts across the bar. Rosser, you cross-dresser, do you want another point of that piss you're drinking? I tell Sirka I'll be home tomorrow. I actually go, tomato. Then I hang up on her. I tip over to Row. I'm like, you yeah, know, I might actually call it a night, Row. Because I've only had about four hours sleep since we left Ireland and I can't do it like I used to anymore. Roe just goes, you're after organising an unbelievable stag for me, Rosser. Because he's a bit hammered. You're the best madden. The best madden. Any fella who's getting maddie could ever hope for. I'm there. It was good crack, wasn't it? Because it actually was. Estepona turned out to be a great spot. No one was hospitalised. No one was arrested and... Ronan got to see four of what they called the Big Five, the expat Irish criminals the Gordie would most love to put behind bars. We saw dangerous Robbie Folan just jogging along the beach with his top off, Johnny the Badger Grendon asking if they'd any of the Irish sausages in the hyperdino, fat Frankie Marr ordering cocktails and Primo de Rivera's and addressing all the bar staff as Manuel, including the women. And Andy the Milkman Kinch, kicking his broken-down moped and calling it a useless fucking pox of a thing, asked me bleeding buttocks. The only one we didn't see, Ronan reminds me, smiling in a sad way, was Robbie Ryan, a.k.a. Grievous Bodily Harm, who's probably his favourite Irish criminal since the Generaladdle. In fact, it's often Ronan has said to me, Grievous is to me what Brian O'Triscoll is to you, Rossa. When there, I really wish... You'd seen all five, row. Never mind, he goes. Thanks for a great stagging, anyhow. And then he gets all of his friends to raise their glasses in a toast to the Ross lad, which they all do. It'd nearly give you a big head. Then I leave. I'm like 200 yards from the hotel when I suddenly spot him. I'm talking about grievous bodily harm. He's leaving a restaurant with a son, Actual, and his wife, who I know from conversations with Ronan, is known as Malicious Wounding. I end up being brave. I walk straight up to them and I go, Grievous? He's there, who wants to know? Are you a cop? And I'm there, no, I'm not a cop. And then I tell him what a hero he is to my son and how it would literally make his stag weekend if he came back for a quick drink with us in Mayoblongs. Grievous looks at malicious and actual and they say, fuck it, why not? Ten minutes later, I walk into the bar again And I don't have the words to describe the look on my son's face when he sees who's with me. All I will say is that there are tears. It ends up being another long night. They stay for one drink, then another, then another. Ronan ends up having a deep and meaningful with grievous, actual and malicious about everything and anything. After a while, I stop seeing them as criminals and start to think of them as just another family. Like the Kardashians, except with a long history of violence against the person. Ronan is in his element, of course. He turns to me and he goes, "He's great, isn't he, Rossa? Very down to earth." And I'm like, "Down to earth? He's not Elton John, Roe He's a fucking drug smuggler," which Grievous ends up overhearing. But thankfully, he finds it hilarious. After a couple of hours, malicious, whose real name ends up being Melissa, says she's going to take the car home, and Grievous and Actual say they'll find her on later in a taxi. And I end up sitting in a corner with Grievous, saying thank you to him. I'm there. You are to my son what Brian O'Driscoll is to me. And he goes, who's Brian O'Driscoll? And I end up having to laugh. It's probably childish of me, but I love travelling to far-flung places and texting Dricko to tell him that they've never heard of him there. Hey, he's got his three Heineken Cups, his two Six Nations Championships, his one Grand Slam and his three Lions Tours. Let me have this. Grievous ends up being unbelievably easy to talk to. I tell him about my doubts about whether Ronan should even be getting married and how he has a serious eye for the ladies, not unlike myself in that regard. Grievous goes, don't be woodied about him settling down, Rosser. Your job as his father is to make sure he finishes college. He has brains to burden. Just make sure he doesn't follow into the life I'm at or choosing. Do you understand me? I do. Grievous happens to be a very wise, if dangerous, man. I decide to head off eventually. I look for Ronan, but I can't find him anywhere. I think, ah, it doesn't matter. I'll see him at the airport tomorrow morning. I'm walking back to the hotel and, fine, I'm texting Dricko to tell him that I met a man in Estepona who'd never heard of him or any of his achievements, when suddenly I see a sight that almost stops my heart. It's Grievous bodily Harms' core. The windows are steamed up, and inside someone seems determined to put the suspension through its paces. I walk over to it. I know I shouldn't, but I can't help myself. I have to see it. And then I do see it. Through the steamed up windows, my son and Grievous's wife are going at it like the future of the species depends on them.